69. <laughs> Welcome to the Craft Heads podcast. Uh, this evening, it's just Alex. Tommy is out of town, but we have a special episode, and it's probably going to run long. I'm guessing at least an hour or something like that. But if listeners remember, we had a Tampa symposium, as it were, episode with uh, guests Jake Kurtz and Mike DeVideo. And this week, we have a special episode with two very good and nearly lifelong friends, especially uh, Yodi and I go very far back, but uh, Yodi's been on the podcast before. One time, yeah. Yep. And, or Cody, whatever you prefer. And the most interesting man in the world, uh, Mr. Sven, a.k.a. Steve McGubb. Ooh, that's, a lot, that's a lot to live up to. I think by the end of this podcast, most <laughs> listeners will uh, agree with us. But thank you both for joining me here in Atlanta uh, for this fine weekend. This is the weekend of the 12th. Is that yesterday? Uh, I have no, it's, I have no concept of time or dates here. Something like that. Yeah. But I'm super excited to have you guys here. Um, we are not drinking an alcoholic beverage, which is going to tie into the topic actually. So listeners don't panic, but it's, it's a good topic. <laughs> we are, we do have a beverage though. Uh, Tara, would you like to take this? Make sure you holler over here. It's just Roy Boss tea. Vanilla Roy Boss tea Made from Celestial. Celestial. Yes. Yes. It's one of your faves. It is. And Tara really got me and several other people under it. And and does it does it smell like anything? Smell it. it smells like it's vanilla. Smell mostly the vanilla, yeah. Right. It, it smells it like it herby. almost smells like cake to me, like birthday cake, because of the vanilla. Yeah, I can see that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I have I haven't had it yet, so. Oh, cheers! Cheers! Let's do this. Cheers. Oh, daddy. That's the optimal temperature as it is right now. It is. That's your good. That's your chugging temperature. That's really good. Thank you, Tara. Forgive me while nice I don't talk and drink the rest of this cup of tea real quick. Forgive my cough. Forgive my cough. So, we did the intro. We did the cocktail. Now the topics. Uh, I have just a couple of notes here, but um, Yodi and Steve, aka Sven, are really interesting individuals and do some things that are fairly unorthodox. And we are going to be talking about several different things, including fasting, veganism, and my favorite thing that I'm most excited for, which we had to say, save it for the podcast many times about, and that is the biggest lies, just generally. So, and these, this is sort of a, a set of, or it's like a, a manifesto of sorts, especially of Sven's, that are just very uh, thoughtful, intriguing, and um, anything right. else? Is that, is that a fair and enough? It's not, they're not written anywhere. It's, it's a spoken tradition. Yeah. It's, it's, an, it's an oral tradition, including now. We're not writing these down. Obviously, they're going to be spoken Nobody on the podcast. And, and these are proprietary for you. Like, this is pretty original to Sven. It's I mean, patented, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. not no. like nobody's <laughs> ever thought these things before, but this is just, this is from the mind of Sven. So, take it away, guys. Just, I'm... I'm here to listen and ask questions. Well, Sven, do you want to start on fasting? Have you tried fasting? Okay, Have yeah. Tried, hey, yes. yeah, running joke. Have you tried fasting? Yeah. Um, I got into fasting, I don't know, I would say three years ago now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, three years ago. And I got into it for mainly just health reasons. Uh, and I started off with a six-day fast, which is just water, just water for six days. And it was really tough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the first mm-hmm. the first fast that you ever try is always going to be really difficult. And I don't recommend. 
Well, I don't recommend anything. I don't give advice. But that's important. I yeah. I, so I don't <laughs> recommend anybody do that for their first fast. In fact, I don't even recommend that you fast. Yeah. The only thing I recommend is do your own research. I, that's what I was just going to comment on. Is everything that we say take with a grain of salt. Do your own research and read about it before you try to do anything that we're that we're going to talk about here. This, after all, is a storytelling podcast. Tommy and I, you know, the idea of it is just to spread ideas and opinions and thoughts on everything under the sun. And this is just a topic that we've never talked about before on the podcast, and that's why Yodi and Sven are here today. Yeah, yeah. So, no. big disclaimer, now that that's out of the way. Yeah, big disclaimer. Let's continue. Right. Um, uh, so, yeah, so my first, like, long fast was six days, water only. Um, and I guess it's just a little bit about the process or what happens to your body during a fast. Um Throughout the first day, you're going to burn through all of the glucose in your system, like in your bloodstream, um, probably, I mean, definitely within the first 24 hours. Um, but up to hour 36, you're going to, after you burn through all the glucose, you're going to switch over to burning glycogen, which is essentially glucose in a special form that's stored in your muscles and mm-hmm. in your liver. So you burn all this up. Um, and I would say around, I would say around the second day, once you burn through all the glycogen, so glucose is gone, glycogen is gone, and these are fuel sources for your body. Uh, our default fuel source is always glucose. Um, but then around day two, you switch over to burning fat, which is called ketosis. You burn ketones for energy. And, and like everybody's the, heard of the keto diet four trillion yeah, times at this point. Yeah, ketogenic diet. Yeah, <clears throat> right. that's a huge, huge thing right now. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's just a little bit what, about what happens. And the first up to day two is pretty rough. But once you hit that and you shift over into burning fat for fuel, the weirdest things happen. So for me personally, and I know other people can attest to it, but again, do your own research. Uh, you don't, you don't really feel the hunger anymore. Like you still want food just because it's a habit. Like think about how many times you eat per day. So a lot of people, you know, three meals plus snacks in between. A lot of people are just eating all day. And I mean, I definitely was as well. Yeah. And that's, uh, I've done, I've successfully done one three day fast Um, I've done a couple other ones, but things have come up in the meantime, but, um, there were more than a few times where I would be sitting, watching television, doing whatever, and I would suddenly catch myself standing in front of an open refrigerator. (laughs) Right. You're on autopilot. I've all been there. Yeah. Just not thinking at all. Just, Oh wait, why? I don't want to eat, but I just drove right to it and just immediately started looking for things to the things to eat and just not didn't think about it at all yeah definitely um but yeah so that's a little bit of the process so around day two or three you it gets a bit easier because you're burning fat now and then your body's like okay we're in it for the long haul um and i don't know where should we go from there um, talk talk about some of the stuff that you told me Sven that I wound up saying sorry you're gonna have to repeat a lot of this for example the oh, stuff the why 
Yeah. Oh, so like the, why do you want to fast? The why, the, yeah. the pesticides, herbicides, etc., storing in fat, intermittent, etc., all of that stuff. Okay, yeah. So the reasons why fasting may be beneficial are, I think the most obvious one is letting your digestive system catch up mm-hmm. with itself and just giving your digestive system a break because a lot of your energy is thrown into digesting food so that's sup- why you're really tired when you eat a huge meal it's real yeah. basic science <laughs> no. yeah but yeah so sometimes during a fast you actually you'll feel surprisingly light and energetic um it's super counterintuitive uh but what alex was referring to uh was kind of a, a detox thing which is sort of this is where it gets a bit controversial uh yeah so a a very common side effect to fasting is um, you can develop rashes, which the rash is actually a side effect of similar to detoxing, where when you eat food, when you eat pesticides and chemicals that your body doesn't normally know how to digest, it wraps it in fat and sets it to the side and says, I'll come back to this later. I have other things I have to digest. Right. And so, some of it does get eliminated right away. But right. other times if you're, it's a feeling a bit overwhelmed, yeah, that happens. Yeah, so it'll wrap those things up and put it in fat. When you start to fast and your body starts rapidly going through fat for energy, it'll pull those things and not know how to digest and like identify that it's a poison and tries to flush it out of your body as quickly as possible, the fastest way of doing that is flushing it out through your skin. Yeah, so you'll get, yeah, and I can definitely, I got some rashes during my first fast. I know. I, I did as well. well, yep. Especially like around the armpits, like where. You sweat a, a lot. lot of, yeah, where you sweat a lot. And also, I, I mean, this is a, a bit out there, but I think most deodorant, most deodorant is probably not healthy for you. Mm-hmm. Just like the chemicals in there. So especially. Your pores are all backed up with right. all that junk. Nope. Um, Shout out Alex to actually, uh, the, the, the salt crystals. Yeah, the salt crystal deodorant. What's it yeah. called, James? Yeah, that's what it is. It's a salt crystal. No, uh, what's the brand, if there is one? Uh, it's no. in the bathroom. Can you look for me? I'll, I'll explain it, though. There is, um, basically, James got Tara and me both on using an actual salt crystal. It's like a polished, It's think about like a, a push pop when you were a kid. And it's, it's just a, a massive piece of salt. I think it's really called alum or something like that. Uh, not to be confused with aluminum, obviously. But it's like potassium alum. And what's it's a crystal it? mineral it is, it is called crystal. The brand, it just says crystal right on the name there. But you you use it as it's not an antiperspirant. It's, it's a deodorant. But obviously the high salt content helps to kill bacteria and everything. And it's, right. it's a 24-hour solution. And it works for me perfectly and i admit i'm not a stinky person like even when i sweat a lot i don't really have bo Tara can testify to that so it might not work for everybody but there's also sometimes like your body has a little bit of a learning curve when you start using something like that where like in the beginning you might be a little stinkier and then as your body sort of gets acclimated after however many years of using deodorant and antiperspirant it right. might might be sufficient, but it was, that like, was a little tangent. I just yeah. wanted to tell people about it. Really but, and just to add a quick little thing mm-hmm. to that little tangent, the key distinction there is deodorant versus antiperspirant. Exactly. Like deodorant is <clears throat> cool for the most part, but the antiperspirant where you're actually blocking a natural function of your body, yeah. to me that's questionable. Um, but, yeah. yeah. We, well, okay, to wrap that part up, we talked about that in the car on the way back from the airport, and it's, it's like, you know, especially older people, they think – 
we're all crazy and people who think you know oh aluminum antiperspirant is going to give you cancer and stuff like first of all maybe it does i mean so why would you have such a strong opinion and second of all as far as the the mechanism goes that to me is common sense were your body sweats because it's what your body has determined is the best way to you know get rid of excess toxins it's first and foremost so that you can cool off it's like we have thousands of years of evolution that have brought us to this point and we sweat and we attempt to stop that from happening yeah the same way we piss and shit we sweat so it's i mean imagine if you did something to tell your body to stop peeing like that would have a bad effect exactly so why would it it would also be bad to have a natural thing like perspiring blocked that's just again that's a common sense perspective i don't have science for it and then but the common rebuttal for that is like oh well you'll just sweat in other places and it's like yeah but we're optimized to sweat there yeah Yeah. and behind your knees and right under your ball sack and all that good stuff yeah but to (laughs) kind of kind of bring it back to the topic of um fasting with what you had said before that it's a it takes your body a little while to adjust to things the the rash that you would get from fasting a lot of people call it keto rash keto rash yeah um in from what i've had it gets better like your your rash becomes less significant it lasts less time because you're getting rid of these toxins that you realistically probably could have in your body for years a lifetime even before you get rid of them yeah and even old drugs even old drugs like prescription drugs and like different things like that can get stored up in different places too Mm -hmm. and a lot of people will say like when they're fasting like they'll feel the effects like if you read you know like testimonials of people who are like former drug users like those like heroin or cocaine or something like that Mm -hmm. like a lot of that not a lot of it but there are parts of it that are get stored up in fat yeah and like if they're trying to like cleanse detox whatever they, they say that they feel that in their system again. Well, that, so like in- that's not crazy. I mean, even think about people who smoke weed, and if you take a drug test, you have to worry about... You can't always flush it directly out, especially in people who are overweight, because it gets... THC builds up in your fat. Yep. And it stays yeah. there. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, like... Again, this is common sense at this part. You know, yeah. we, we have yeah. um, evidence that shows why that does happen. So... Yeah. Yeah. Um... And I like what you said, Cody, because it does get, as you continue to do it, if you do it at all, like is like for me, when I've done fast in the future, like the, the rash has always become less and less and less. And like my hypothesis is that it's because I'm clearing a lot of junk out. And then as I do fast further into the future, like there's just not as much garbage yeah. in the yep. system. Yeah. Um, but I mean, hey, that's my theory. A lot of people just chalk it up to a keto, a keto rash i keep saying keto now. yeah sorry like, uh, like the people are on the ketogenic diet they just say they get the rash as their body's adapting to burning fat instead of sugar but for me i i personally think it's a detox rash yeah and, and it's, so. it's interesting because i've never gotten the rashes or anything and i have yet to try fasting and i'm gonna do some tara and i both have talked about juice right the juice cleanses so or juice fast whatever you want to say but I, I definitely want to try some that are, we'll say, 24 to 72 hours. I'm definitely not going to do one that's more than three days. But, uh, and for the record, everybody, uh, Sven did one for 21 days. This is the longest, which is Oh, man. Well, crazy. yeah, they, so that's super, yeah, again, controversial. Yeah. I don't recommend anybody do anything. Yes. But, yeah. And it, but it was 25 days. Oh, okay, yeah. 25. <laughs> that's right. You texted me about the 21st. Okay, that's Yeah, but I mean, it does, it really does make people uncomfortable. 
when you tell them that they think you're like a lunatic i don't think you're a lunatic at all because i know you better i mean maybe a stranger would but i think it's amazing i just know that i don't want to say that i physically couldn't because i think most human beings physically could you know as long as you don't have a pre-existing disorder but i just don't want to yeah oh yeah and i again i'm not trying to push it i'm not trying to yeah 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 and uh, another thing to come back to with fasting that is a big hurdle for a lot of people to overcome is that hunger, like feeling hungry, is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it is. It is a natural response that your body is saying, "I'm hungry." Mm-hmm. Now, there's a difference between being hungry and wanting to eat. No, definitely, and because, that's all in your head. Because most people. Most people in America, I think, don't ever don't ever actually feel true hunger. No, most no, I people, would agree with that. They have because food is full of chemicals and everything else. Food is addictive. Yeah, people get addicted to Especially food. Especially sugar. Get, yeah, and they <laughs> they get addicted to wanting to have have that stuff in their body, and they interpret that as oh, I'm hungry, but it it's just an addiction. Yeah, and that is a thing to break with that that's another thing i found that helps with fasting is that you kind of break that and you learn and your body adapts to like you get a better understanding of no i i'm just wanting to eat because i'm a fat piece of shit instead of (laughs) i should just wait a little bit longer or have a smaller portion for this meal right and and this, this is all coming from from somebody who uh you used to be overweight i was very overweight yeah i i was about i I think at my heaviest, I was 235. And you're also how tall? Just to give people a frame of reference. 5'11". Because that makes a big difference. If you were 6'6 six, six and 235, you'd right. be like skinny. No, I was, <laughs> but, I was overweight. Yeah. Um, and I started getting into, at after talking with Steve about fasting, the whole just straight up not eating was a little bit scary. Yeah. So I did some research and read about intermittent fasting. Yeah, that's another big, yeah. Uh, intermittent fasting is instead of just not eating for days at a time, it's over a very long period of time having strict limited windows where you eat. Mm -hmm. So having like a six hour window from lunchtime to whenever you would normally eat dinner, Mm -hmm. that is the only time that you eat. Mm -hmm. Maybe like 11 to five or something like that. Yep. Something like that. Yeah. No, no snacks, no nothing in between, only water. Um, and I did that for, so whenever I first started getting into doing that, I was just eating what I would normally eat, garbage food, whatever else. But I, I've immediately started having some, some weight loss results, but I was eating lunch and dinner and a couple months into it, I came to the realization of coming back to hunger that I wasn't actually hungry when it came to eat dinner. Yeah, I was just eating because my brain's going, oh, hey, this is when you normally feed 28 me. years you've eaten dinner at dinner time. Yeah, so I decided I'm just going to try eating just lunch and only eating if I recognize that I'm actually hungry. And so I started doing one meal a day and I did that for about a year and I lost about 60 pounds and like... Yep. Very relatively short amount of time yeah way shorter than most and also like you still maintained your energy and like if anything your energy levels got better right correct yeah Yeah. um i definitely because i would eat dinner 
I'd be very sluggish and just mope around and do nothing. But just doing just lunch, had no problems staying up all the way through the evenings, was active, ready to do anything that I would normally do. And then I still, I, I only get like four to five hours of sleep a night yeah. and never had any problems. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's the, the, the detox of all of it, because I don't really need to lose weight. I would, maybe I'd like to lose like five pounds off of my core, maybe. Uh, but I, anybody who looked at me would say I'm crazy, but I am most interested in the detox aspect of it. And that's, what's funny about doing the juice cleanses that I have before. I think they are, especially in short term intervals, you know, like three days, I, I noticed like I, I do feel clean and lighter and my, my skin looks amazing after those cleanses and everything. The only thing that sucks is if you're talking about getting rid of those built up pesticides, herbicides, drugs, etc. that is built up in your fat, I'm still getting some of those through non-organic fruits and vegetables. Because whenever we, whenever we do get all the huge amounts of produce for those cleanses that we do, we usually, we're not very judicious about that. We just kind of pick whatever. It's like there might be one vegetable and they just don't have an organic one, so we just get the regular one. Or if they have one that's on sale, we might get the organic or whatever. So still getting a little bit of that, but I, I do think overall... Um, in a, in a weird way, I just think it's good to throw your body a curveball sometimes. You know what well, I mean? And like, and see how you adapt. And that's one of the things that's nice with doing the intermittent fasting for extended periods, because that's with some exceptions now and then I'm not, I'm not uh, rigid in my, mm -hmm. in my dieting with mm -hmm. it, but you give your body breaks with your eating mm -hmm. because you only have your, your window where you eat, your body finishes digesting your food and then it gets energy or not gets energy but can rest and yeah. and that's rest and digest the two states yeah. yep yeah and you get you make your body more regular in that sure. and with the with the rashes with the intermittent fasting and with like still continuing to reintroduce stuff i had a rash that was uh not to the same extent that steve was getting his rashes i had a mild rash but it lasted for a while but then it went away mm-hmm and now I think it's just because I continue to do the fasting that it comes out and my body flushes it out through my through its skin like it normally does. But it's such a small trace amount because it's only what I get from a single meal that it would be getting rid of that stuff that I don't have a constant rash all the time from doing intermittent fasting. Yeah. Right. And I think another like, so just to reference what you're doing, uh, there's also eating within a time window. So like intermittent fasting is referencing the time gap between meals, but eating within a time window is like, okay, I'm gonna have all my meals between 12 and five or 12 and eight. Mm -hmm. And someone who, who's done a lot of research, well, someone who talks about it a lot is Dr. Rhonda Patrick. Like, she's pretty big on the internet right now, like YouTube, mm -hmm. and, like, she's on a bunch of popular podcasts. Mm -hmm. uh, but she talks a lot about eating within a time window. And the guy who actually did the research that she references a lot is Dr. Sachin something. I don't Is that your remember. biochemistry guy? No, that's a different guy. Okay. I'll get to that in a minute. Okay. But eating within a time window, there was this study done with mice. So they took a group of mice, and they took, you know, they split it up. One group of mice, they, they allowed to eat whenever they wanted. And then another group, uh, they limited their time window to just 12 hours. And the group, they could eat whenever they wanted. 
they just ate themselves sick. That's and, so crazy. And but the group who ate within a twelve hour window, um, they only they they didn't have any problems. And here's the crazy part: they took the group that was eating themselves sick, and they limited the time window down to 12, 12 hours, mm-hmm. and then their health problems disappeared. Wow. And then they took it a couple of steps further. They limited the time window to 10 hours, 10-hour 10 feeding window, and they saw a 33% increase in muscle mass wow. from nothing, nothing else. No exercising, nothing else, no change in the diet, just limiting the time window to 10 hours. And then they did it one more time to 9 hours, and I think they saw endurance gains. Um, but yeah, so that's just, and again, this is in mice, so it's not a human study. Yeah, it's not a human trial. But yet. I think it's pretty, I think that's pretty, it's pretty significant it's, stuff. I think that's really cool. It's, so. it's very convincing evidence toward a link with eating and fasting in these windows in mammals. We'll yeah. say, I mean, mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, it's like you said, we're not mice, but something's going on here. Yeah. You know, it, there's something going on there. And they, and they, so they say is like your body will even if it's something that doesn't have calories, even if it's like coffee or tea or something, as soon as you have that, your liver has to turn on to process something. That's when your time window starts. Yeah. So if you have your first cup of coffee at 6 a.m., mm-hmm. ideally you want to be done consuming things by 6 p.m. So according to this research, and I'm hypothesizing here, sure. then you won't have health problems. Yeah. Supposedly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, assuming there are a lot of variables in health, obviously. Yeah. But then, so I mean, if you wanted to kick that back from, you know, six to four, you might even, hey, according to this research with mice, you might even bulk up, not even a little Doing bit. Doing anything. Even, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, and it's very doable, you know, especially if you skip drinking or eating in the morning, which you may realize you don't really need to do if you really... I don't know how to we'll, say. We'll it. get there. Yeah, yeah, we'll yeah there. but <laughs> but it's it's very doable. To eat within a twelve hour window is something that's probably ideal for people. Yeah, and yeah, if sure. you want to experiment it with yourself, you know, limiting it even further might be even better. So yeah, yeah, and and again, I'm referring to a time window, mm-hmm. which is not necessarily intermittent fasting. Intermittent fasting, I, I'm pretty sure, refers to the gap between meals. Yeah. So I'm not even really referencing that. I'm just referring to limiting the window in which you have your meals. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Um, and, yeah. And, and you could also even get up at 6 a.m. and maybe you wait to have your coffee until 8. And then yeah. you can still do a 12-hour window all the way to 8 o'clock if you wanted. You know, I would do like 8 to 6, but you know, with, point. With a lot of, I mean, I shouldn't say a lot, but in, with some like higher-level athletes, like it's kind of becoming a fad to like work out in a fasted state. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish I could, I can't name any specific names, but I've heard about it mm-hmm. on like different podcasts and like different interviews. Um, working out in a fasted state might also have benefits yeah, too. That's fascinating. But yeah. Just throwing that out there as well. Well, uh, just because we have a, a good bit still left to cover, uh, do you want to move on to the next topic? I.e. the um, fact that you are a vegan? I, so I actually, <laughs> I actually didn't know that we were going to do veganism as a topic because that's a bit i mean i worry like even when you mentioned it at the very beginning i was like oh god like you probably lost some listeners no no, like like, no like it's gonna be one of those no it's gonna be in the episode title and i would like to think that our listeners trust us you know and yeah you're 
I'll say this, and it doesn't matter to me if it offends anybody. You're not an annoying vegan. Right. And yeah. it's most vegans are annoying the same way that... I mean, they're out there, yeah. People, if you do CrossFit, they have to talk about CrossFit. You know, the joke is if you have a BMW, you have to talk about owning a BMW. It's just yeah. like, okay, you're that a old, vegan. Great. old joke, you want to know how, you, how to know if somebody's a vegan? They'll tell you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. Good call. Well done. Right. So... Long story short, I guess we'll say, like, what I'm trying to say about Steve in particular is he's not judgmental of people who are not vegans. He does not assert that he's 100% correct. He just knows that he's doing what he thinks is best for himself. And he also does not expect special treatment from anybody or get all pissy if he goes into a restaurant and they don't have vegan options. Well, of course maybe they don't because compared to everybody... An insanely tiny percentage of people are vegan. Yeah, small subset. So for sure. why why would you cater to them? It, it's a good idea to have options, you know, but yeah. you can't get mad if they don't. Yeah, yeah. he he's silly. He understands that some people just like cheese. That's right. Yeah, true. There's there, yeah. there will be some catchphrases yeah, coming. I out def- of this. definitely <laughs> don't try to convert anybody. And, no. and everything you said, that's that's so, fair. But uh, we we also talked. Somebody asked. I think it might have been James about why you were vegan. And he said, you know, is it like you know, animal cruelty reasons or health reasons. And I think you said a little bit of A, a little bit of B. Right, yeah. But when I started, it was definitely health. health. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I had some problems. I So I worked for, I had like some silly corporate job. No offense to anybody who does, but it wasn't my, hey, they it hear wasn't my, my scene. They hear my bitching yeah. or they did for 60 episodes. And, until anyone that has a corporate job understands what you mean. Yeah, okay. whether, whether they say it or not. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I actually, just a little bit of a story, I, they did this thing where if you go get like a little physical and some blood work done through the company, they'll put, you know, a couple hundred in your HSA account or something, or like a hundred bucks. And I was like, yeah, sure, whatever. Why not? And I went and I did it and I, and I actually, when I had my blood work done, uh, they told me I was Mm. pre-diabetic, which was uh, like kind of a shocking thing especially at your age and that was how many years ago now uh it was at least three years probably four years ago yeah and you're probably uh, four years ago you're around 30 now yeah so mid-20s yeah it was that diagnosis which is harrowing and and i also had really bad problems with my teeth uh i had to get you know extensive dental work done i had like a root canal and a bunch of things Uh and just based on research and like you can always cherry pick studies finding research confirmation bias right Mm -hmm. but based on what i found i i wanted to switch over i switched to vegetarian first Mm -hmm. um and then i switched over to doing the vegan thing Mm -hmm. after watching i i did you know like i the only thing i'll ever recommend to anybody is do your own research and like Mm. i did a fair bit of research on it i read i read books i read studies i watched videos and you know i was convinced enough that like, I think this will work for me and everything, like, I don't have any health problems anymore. Yeah. And I, I won't attribute all of it necessarily to veganism, but I think part of it There's a correlation. Is, is definitely sure. yeah. with diet. Because, you know, a lot could also be 
fasting and like maybe different exercising things I was doing. Like I don't. Well, right. A lot of yeah. Very... You you can be the healthiest person in the world, but if you smoke cigarettes, you're still gonna that's still gonna kill you. You could have the best diet in the world, well, but maybe. if you're or vice well, versa. <laughs> I mean, some people smoke like a chimney and, and eat like shit, and they live to be a hundred. That's yeah. That's sure. a that's another reason why it's important to say that even on a scientific level, and some people will disagree with me. Veganism might work for Sven and it might not work for me because I do believe that fundamentally, you know, we're built mostly the same, but we don't have all the exact same requirements and everything else. Because if that were true, sensitivities and allergies and everything else wouldn't exist. People are different. They handle things differently. If if we were, if it was all the same, we would all look the same. We would all all look identical. That's exactly right. All of our DNA would be the same. Yeah. Now, like so, on a on an extremely granular level, you know, we all need amino acids and proteins and stuff. But you can get right. that through you know a zillion different plant sources. So there are different ways to get everything that human beings as an animal need. But you know, in terms of just sustenance and staying alive, but you can do them in different ways and, and employ a zillion different. I don't know, strategies toward it, you know? Yeah, and it also, so uh, to reference, to talk about what you were saying with just people being different and like it working for different people, uh, one of the things that I watched a TED talk about and I've done a little bit of reading about is uh, your microbiome. Mm -hmm. And like being able to, like you would have to adjust your microbiome to try like a drastically different diet. Yeah. And because like when you eat a certain way, you're, the enzymes and the bacteria and the probiotics and everything that you have inside you to handle that kind of food, yeah. like it, the microbiome adjusts accordingly to what you eat. Right. So like if I were to try to switch to a carnivore diet now, I it would probably go terribly. Yeah, you would just because, your body would go haywire. Because my body right now is really adapted. My microbiome is really adapted to eating and processing plant food. Yep. And like so, that's another thing that I think probably. I, because I used to be a smoker as well, mm-hmm. and I I would I would say for for me personally, uh, changing my diet was harder than quitting smoking. Like I'll go out, and I mean maybe the other smokers will disagree, but it is tough, and I and I'm pretty sure it has to do with changing your microbiome around, mm-hmm. because there are the bacteria that want like fish and meat and eggs and like all of these things, dairy products, like if you're starving them out, like they're going to be screaming, they're gonna be sending signals you. to your brain. They're like, going to be shitting all over your gut. You, like <laughs> you need to get us this yeah. until, you know, you manage to balance, starve them, balance the bacteria out. Yeah. Or, yeah. Change it. Yeah. Is there, um, uh, I, I don't, I, especially if you're sort of trepidatious about it, I don't want you to have no, to go too well, deeply into it, but is there anything else about your vegan experiences, the vegan experience that you would like to, you know, share or just, um, not, I mean, like you said, I'm not really a typical, I don't think I'm a typical vegan. No. Cause like, I just don't care if yeah. what other people do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't really know what else to say. That's fine. I'm, I'm happy to. to cook vegan meals for oh, everybody. And jokingly, right. jokingly, I'll try to convert you. Yeah, but, we we yeah. had uh, we in in the spirit of solidarity, and that's because it's it's a reciprocal thing. We actually uh, one of the ideas for this weekend with Yodi and Sven visiting, 
was to have a family vegan meal. So we had yeah. all the neighbors over. Well, it was a fam. We wanted to have a family dinner, and I didn't insist on it. I but, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I added the spice of it being vegan, and and Sven made us vegan chili, which had four trillion different kinds of beans and vegetables in it, and it was a, a canned <laughs> tomato base, and it was incredible. Well, the ingredients are actually really simple. Only three. The whole thing. Three is, kinds of beans. Yeah. Kidney, just, garbanzo, and black. black beans. Yeah. yeah, 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 and you just throw it all in a crock pot. Yeah, and that's it. But make sure you get good chili powder. Yeah, that's right. Not six-year-old <laughs> powder from Giant Eagle that I brought from Pennsylvania. That was no good. It right. literally had no smell. So, are we going to move on to the biggest lies? Uh, yeah, we can go to. We can move to those. Yeah. Well, the one that ties in directly is lie one. Lie so one. So this is so. something that Cody. And always said more disclaimers real quick before yeah. we do anything you hear this the craft heads podcast is not going to change only because i happen to know something about a particular lie that we're going to discuss but uh i'm interested for you guys to influence me because i i trust and respect you both a great deal and i hope that this provides some good uh pun intended food for thought for all of our listeners so so live one ties back into fasting that lie one is america's greatest lie breakfast so one so much of the food that you eat for breakfast is actually just really unhealthy for you so mm. much of it bacon and, eggs no just yeah. just <laughs> um well bacon but, is shit for you everybody oh, can agree with a that. fried pig's ass is not healthy I, yeah. that's well, i don't know it's shocking it might be. um but when you first wake up in the morning, your body's not ready for you to suddenly load it up with a ton of food. And fat. And fat. Mm -hmm. And it's not, your body's still like in the process of waking up, getting going, back, coming back to what you were saying of maybe have your coffee at eight instead of six. Because mm -hmm. your body has a natural process of waking up. And the cortisol. And it's not... It doesn't happen when your eyes open up. Mm -hmm. Your body's starting that process at that point. And loading up with breakfast, it it's insanity to me that people eat eggs, bacon, sausage, toast every morning before mm -hmm. going to work. That's crazy to me. Yeah. Well, and, I, I do think, to be right. fair, most <laughs> people don't do that every morning. Now, that being said, we do it every weekend. We get up on the weekends, and it's not the first thing we eat. In fact, we eat breakfast pretty late, typically, and I'm not, like, justifying it or anything, but we have the big bacon, egg, toast, and more breakfasts yeah. on the weekend. Which, and that's, it's like a celebratory thing, honestly, God. I want to also, I want to add a, an asterisk to everything that I was just saying with uh -huh. that. I love breakfast food. Yeah. It's oh, some my of my favorite food to eat. Yeah. Just don't eat it first just thing in the morning. Don't eat it yeah. first thing in the morning, yeah, right. which yeah. uh you you uh you know a lot about it. The I don't remember the guy's name. The guy that does all the propaganda the, the propaganda. Oh, Edward Bernays. Yeah. He's like he's the father of propaganda. He was one of the guys so I Woodrow Wilson, the the president, he actually ran on the campaign of like keeping America out of Europe's wars, you know. Mm -hmm. And then what happened? We jumped into World War One. Mm -hmm. But one of the guys who was responsible for really demonizing the Germans in like American media was Edward Bernays. Mm -hmm. And Ed other notable things about Edward Bernays, uh, when we overthrew the democratically elected republic, well, 
I wouldn't even say they I don't even know if they were a republic, but they it was a democracy that rose up in Guatemala. They mm-hmm. overthrew their dictator, they established a democracy, and Edward Bernays like ran this big campaign about it so the CIA could go in and overthrow them. Mm-hmm. And it's all like if you want to do a quick Google search, like it's all declassified stuff like the CIA overthrew a democracy because it wasn't profitable for us. It was it was not expedient. But like the guy who like was selling that, the propaganda, like, oh, it's the Guatemala has ties to Russia, blah blah blah. Like that was Edward Bernays. Uh Uh-huh. Edward Bernays also, uh, he he was the one who convinced it was cool for women to smoke. Mm -hmm. Like he was the one who sold them on that. And then he also What an asshole. And then he also got the the American Uh, the American Medical Association to sponsor eggs and bacon for like breakfast because yeah. oh like it's healthy protein yeah yeah what about the, so, the food pyramid he probably had something to do with that, I maybe. it wouldn't surprise <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me but yeah but like he was just this guy who was a master of propaganda and he was actually I want to say he was Sigmund Freud's nephew so like he just Whoa. he knew how people's minds yeah that's worked. horrible and he yeah. and he. If you ever get a chance, read his book and like you'll be terrified because he's he's a genius, but he's also probably a sociopath. He's a, he's but a malicious genius, which is yeah, a really really horrible. It's Edward Bernays, and the name of the book is Propaganda. If you ever want to check it out, but yeah, so Cody was saying that like he he's the one who kind of sold everybody on bacon and eggs, uh-huh. and and he made it cool for women to smoke. Like you know, these are all his prop these his propaganda campaigns. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, but that's that's Eddie Bernays. Cool. Yeah, and that and that's just lie one. Just that everyone talks about a, a healthy, balanced breakfast. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're trying to fast, maybe cut out breakfast as your first one. Just sure. get get your day going first. Don't break the fast. In other words, it's quite don't literally. break fast. And actually, it's for because I know you would appreciate this. Yeah. Des ayuno. Des is like to break or stop. Yeah. Ayunar is the Spanish verb for fast. Yeah. So des ayuno, breakfast. They, theirs this, literally the means same, that. The same yeah. thing. Yep. To break your fast, breakfast, or des ayuno. Yeah. It's to stop your yep. fast because you're fasting when you're sleeping. Right on. Yeah. So. That's amazing. Um, I I knew the infinitive for to have breakfast, and I I am ashamed to say I never thought of that. It's well, so easy now I, that you tell me that. Like, I do not is a really esoteric like verb. Okay. I mean, so that's probably the well, wrong I, word, but it, it's not a well-known verb. Exactly, really. but I should have, I mean, I know des, you know, so I right. should have parsed it out oh, and been like, what does Ayunar mean? It together, yeah. yeah. But that's awesome. That's really good info. That's a good trivia, piece yeah. of trivia. Um, yeah, so I would, I mean, if you were to maybe give it a shot, if you've done your own research, like cutting out breakfast is... You, well, you probably don't need it. You know what's so crazy? And I'm not, I don't know what's right. But I read, whenever, I, I think I was still at my my job, my nine to five. And, you know, I was just doing anything I could to, to not work. And I was Standard. reading, yeah, I was reading a clinical study about breakfast. And recently, so I'll say within the past two months, some big landmark medical, scientific, clinical study came through that established a positive correlation between dying earlier than the average and not eating breakfast. Really? And it's like... Who is it sponsored by? I, I, I don't know. It probably uh, <laughs> your boy. You yeah. know, you're from the grave. He's still wreaking Cheerios havoc. sponsored that study. No, yeah. I don't know. But yeah, but, but no, to your point, you can... 
there's there's yep. a study out there to prove anything. Yeah. And there's another study that proves exactly the same. And then thing. two years later, both results will be reversed. Yeah. It's just like whenever, you know, the the most commonly used example was, uh, I don't know, twenty years ago, uh, eggs killed you. Right. And now they're like, you can't eat enough eggs. Yeah. And now in five more years, they're gonna be like, eggs kill you. Yeah. Yeah. It, that's it is, just it's it's it is insane. actually illegal for eggs to be advertised as healthy though. Really. Fun fact. That Milk is too. Yep, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. it's a fun vegan propaganda. Yeah, they tidbit. okay, so they can talk about vitamin D and calcium and stuff, right. but they can't be like this well, is heart healthy. It's always or, like got milk yeah. or like milk milk life. Yeah. It's never like milk is healthy. Yeah, they're not allowed to say that. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. just food for thought. Yeah, that is. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Um, um yeah. So, which um, lie do we want to go to now? Save well, lie zero. For the end. We'll save lie zero for the end. Well, lie so lie two is a a meme. Most things I do in our friend group becomes like a meme in a good way. Like it's not I'm not upset or anything, but this is a Sven quirk, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I sleep on the floor intentionally, like I sleep on like a mat, like you know the Japanese people sleep on futons, like. Yeah. It's not as crazy as you might think. Like straw mats. Or that and kind of uh, thing. it's done wonders for my back. And everybody thinks it's crazy. And for me, like, after Cody had been saying for a while, biggest lie I ever told to mankind, you know, was breakfast. I'd be like, and lie two? Mattresses. Yeah. Because <laughs> I was trying to... <laughs> Mattresses is lie two, everybody. Right. Um, but you yeah. So... You try sleeping on the floor. She has back problems. Oh really? Mm-hmm. It might. I mean, and well, neck, and neck problems. Well, I don't. I don't give advice. So yeah. I'm just telling you. That's right. I do. I do sleep on the floor. So lie two became mattresses. mattresses. Yeah. Um. But then I probably the quick lie three is caffeine. Was mm-hmm. was that probably what lie three was? It's hard to say. We've come up with so many, but I yeah. think I think caffeine was in the top five. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because I just is like a. Anything that you have to, like, depend on, like, one of our, like, well, you you might hear people say, like, oh, man, like, if I didn't have coffee, like, I wouldn't make it through the day. Or, and like, that, that is insane and it's to like, me, by the way. If, if a cup of liquid is determining the quality of your life. Other than water. Water doesn't count. Other than water. water. But, like, <laughs> yeah, but, like, if, like, a little cup of coffee is going to determine the quality of your day every day so by extension the quality of your life like maybe like you need to take a step back and assess your relationship with caffeine maybe yeah again i don't give advice yeah exactly that's right so well i i agree agree with that and that is something that i have always been very acutely aware of because you know as a kid i didn't drink coffee i started drinking coffee uh it, it replaced something worse so whenever i was in my teens my late teens i was working uh in a steel mill in the summers and wanted to be dead you know I, I it was a seven to three shift but i stayed up till two playing video games every night so it was horrible and i would get there and i had these sugar-free energy drinks which <laughs> it's that stuff is true poison like all right, energy drinks right. so i my dad just suggested maybe you should try drinking coffee instead and i was like okay he brought me a cup of black coffee on the floor and then i was like all right i'm gonna need this every morning now but, you know, not, not like out of necessity, but I just, I really enjoyed it. It was a better pick me up. It's healthier and all that stuff. And then, you know, I, 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 obviously I'm a coffee fanatic now. And there was one point in my life, maybe a few years ago when I was drinking 
two or three cups a day of like shit curing coffee at, uh, I think it was one of the law firms that I worked at. And I realized that the one day I didn't have any, I got a headache. And I was like, nope, this is never happening again. I, I'm not right. letting this happen again. And I adore coffee, but I ever since have deliberately, every once in a while, I'll, I shouldn't even say every once in a while, I do not have caffeine every single day. I probably have caffeine four or five times a week. And that yeah. way, when yeah. I don't have any at all, there's no headache. And that to me means I'm not addicted. But it's a lot easier than people probably realize to get addicted clinic like scientifically addicted to caffeine absolutely yeah yeah because i were real I've bad. definitely had problems with caffeine addiction in the past um i mean most people you know are probably addicted to caffeine yeah and not in not it's like they're not addicted to crystal meth or, or heroin right but they are probably addicted as in if they you take it away like they're you gonna experience feel withdrawal. some headaches you're yeah. gonna yeah well, yeah because i know I, I, whenever I started working out of college, I was really tired all the time. So I started drinking energy drinks, similar to Alex. And rather than continue to drink the energy drinks, I found these quote unquote sugar free uh, caffeine, caffeine packets. packets. Oh, that shit was crazy. So I started drinking those instead. And I came down to visit Alex one weekend. And I, looking at it now, I was actually a crazy person. You were a junkie. I was angry i had a headache i was pushy and you, you saying, told like, we, we need to go to walmart. we needed to go to walmart yep. i need to get caffeine and as soon as that weekend was done i mm-hmm. i immediately went home threw away every single one of those packets and was like okay i have to find some other alternative so i started drinking tea mm-hmm. and so i drink one cup of tea a day except i will not drink caffeine on weekends yeah Oh really? That's yep. a good. I, that's I, a good. Problem. I will only drink. You made if, an exception if, for me this morning, with the the black tea. That's true. I did make so, an exception. You're on today. vacation. Yeah, I, I'm, on, <laughs> I'm on vacation. But no, I uh, like in my normal day to day, I do everything that I can to not drink it on the weekends, just yeah. as like a little detox. Just it's a discipline just, thing. Just keep it away for yeah. a little bit, and it also keep, helps it stay potent. That that way, it's not like oh, I have to drink like four cups of tea to get any exactly. kind of rush. That was another reason, actually, that I did cut back those years ago was because whenever I, quote, needed a, a way to focus and boost, because I was like, I'm not going to do any work today because I don't want to, but like I had a really important thing that I had to do. I noticed if I had coffee, I was like, wow, I, I'm like, I'm focused and I'm more productive. So I didn't want to lose that because most people who drink coffee now at this point, it just sustains them. And they get their fix, yeah. but it no longer, you know, because your body gets acclimated to it and you need more and more to have an effect. But it definitely, a, a crazy, there's also to me a difference, I mean, not technically, but between having a, a like a coffee fixation and and strictly caffeine. So in your particular case, because you don't even like coffee, Yodi, right. you don't like the taste of coffee, you just needed caffeine one way or another at all time, and it wound up manifesting itself in those packets. Right. But for me, I love coffee. I absolutely love it. I don't drink coffee for the caffeine at all. It's just... And I love hot beverages. So, as an alternate question to that, yeah. do you ever drink decaf coffee? Uh, no, and I think it... I have, and I think it tastes like shit. Okay. It, it, like, I swear, to, I swear to God, it tastes bad to me. And it's not because, like, I know that it's there. It's just, I mean, th- think about it this way. I I forget, I forget exactly what it is, but it the way that they decaffeinate it is a chemical process. 
right? So it makes right. sense that it tastes different. It's not just me being crazy. Like, it does taste... Right. It doesn't taste good to me. And, it, and it's not natural either. Decaffeinated coffee is not natural. So that, that makes sense. But um, as far as drinking coffee goes, I think coffee itself is a very interesting topic and substance because everything you find basically anywhere will tell you that not only is it not going to hurt you but it countless studies have shown links to positive health benefits to it and i do think that i don't know about the caffeine part i do think there's a lot of really good stuff in coffee for you the antioxidants etc but it's vegan, man. it is vegan but <laughs> the the one thing about it is i have always held that you can't have it's like anything else you can have too much you know what i mean you can have too much of of literally any you can die from drinking water if you drink too much water in one sitting yeah. so that's that's the thing to, to remember and, and obviously if you drink too much coffee you're going to be addicted so anybody up until recently i always read and understood that you can't drink too much coffee once again, this is a recent study. I remember seeing it at some point this year. We'll call it the last six months in 2019 that they finally found a number where there is too much coffee in this particular study that they did. And right. I, I think it was it was a lot. I want to say it was five or six. We'll say somewhere between five to seven cups is finally it's going to do you. It's going to have detrimental effects. And I was like, well, that's cool. But you know, and. I, Another thing, because I'm I'm a thinker and I, I question things, I also think, you know, follow the money. Maybe the reason why coffee is so amazing and beneficial for you, look at the industry. I mean, coffee makes a fortune. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So I'm, I'm always skeptical of everything. All I know is in many facets of my life, I practice the rule, everything in moderation. I love the taste of coffee and I discipline myself so that I'm not addicted to it. So it's like, to me, it's fine. Yeah, and, and and that, I was going to say, that's an important thing to keep in mind. You should take all things in moderation, yeah. except for lie zero. <laughs> yeah, and, oh, and right. lie zero is an interesting one, and don't let me forget to talk about the Pope thing, but I'm sure that that's going to come into this conversation. Okay. What, what is lie zero, Sven? Okay, so the, this is the hidden lie yeah. that we added in, because it's sort of, we almost try to keep it the lowest numbers are like the, the most important lies. Yeah. And it's like, well, lie one's already breakfast. Like, that's pretty key. But the hidden lie that we're all conditioned to just think is normal and cool and that, like, it's just what you do is alcohol. Yeah. So alcohol is the hidden lie. That's lie zero. Yeah. The, alcohol is evil incarnate. I mean, well, I'm not saying that. <laughs> I'm not saying that. Your words, not his. Yeah. <laughs> right. But it's just almost everything on our joke, our greatest lies list, almost everything is just... Something that you've been conditioned to do without even really thinking about it that may not necessarily be in your best interest. Yeah. Like, that's a good point. You know, doing the intermittent fasting thing, but like if you cut out breakfast, like that might, you know, so like breakfast, like if you cut that out, it might help you because you're eating within a window. And like, well, mattresses is kind of my quirk, my joke. Yeah. But it might be better for your back to do like the Japanese do and sleep on like a futon. Yeah. Or like a firm mattress. And then caffeine. Like, again, we don't really think about it, but. We're just conditioned. My mom, my grandparents, my, you know, everybody's parents, their grandparents, they know, for however many generations, yeah. everybody just drinks coffee. Like, caffeine is a socially accepted drug. But is it necessarily... Good. If you're, you, if you're really leaning on that heavy, is it yeah. necessarily that good? Well, I, w I like, want you to tell me more about alcohol, but I, yeah. I, here's something I will say straight up. 
I think of the three lies, one, two, and zero, one is to me the most debatable because right. it's, I, I think there's stuff on both sides. For sure. And, and I think, yeah. mm-hmm. I think the, the lie part of it is about what you should eat. I think right. that's the biggest part. Now, if yeah. breakfast is in your window that you want to set up, mm-hmm. I definitely think there are good things that you could have for breakfast. I don't even know exactly what, maybe like an apple, like a yeah. single apple. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, no, absolutely. When whenever I was talking talking about breakfast, I'm talking about the the high the, fat, high the sodium standard breakfast. American breakfast. Yeah, of, yeah literally. Let's the put American as breakfast. much garbage as I can on this plate in front of me and yeah. eat it. As soon first as I thing wake up. when I wake yeah. up, the first thing I do in the day. Yeah. No, and, and I agree with that. So <laughs> that that's what that lie is talking yeah. about. General breakfast is is a little bit more interesting and debatable of a topic. Yeah. As the mattress, it's like you said, that's sort of a per- it's a quirk, and I think it's a personal thing because clearly my fiance is very sensitive to what she sleeps on, sure. and I am not because mm-hmm. my body, uh, I'll say musculoskeletal wise, is totally fine, and I can sleep on anything. I can sleep on concrete. I can sleep on a shit mattress. I can sleep on a thousand dollar mattress. I can yeah. sleep on this couch. Doesn't matter. Always feel good. And I'm right. I'm fine with that, and, and very thankful for and that. And that's also the mattress lie is the one that's mostly a joke because yeah, that's it, mostly it's just so, me. But yeah. it but it also proves that like you can sleep on the ground. You know, I've never yeah. understood whenever people freak out, and I know a lot of people like this. They have to sleep in a bed. You know, like if if maybe you're on the road and splitting a hotel with with friends or something, and like somebody needs a bed, I'm like fucking grow up like sleep on the floor for a night it's not a big deal you know what i mean like when you go to japan with three with two other people the three of you sleep on the floor for the whole week oh that was that was really there you go that was chat that was fun i don't know it's just it's so not a big deal but anyways the then all the way down to alcohol what i was getting at i will probably not disagree with a single thing you guys say i acknowledge that alcohol is bad uh i i don't see there might be some benefits to, for example, drinking like a wine of a glass, a wine of glass, kill me, a glass of wine a day, you know, like, and I mean, like and I mean having one and nothing else. So, but here's my rebuttal. Hold on. Let oh, me, go ahead, let go me ahead. finish and then do your rebuttal. There is no way, and I don't believe any good practicing physician would recommend starting that if you don't already if you drink and they were like okay here's what you should do maybe curtail that and have one drink a day or something like that there is no smart or well-intentioned doctor that would tell you to start drinking i think the healthiest healthiest thing is to not drink at all period yeah that's my that's my thoughts you already yeah lie zero then yeah i'm I'm aligned with lie zero the problem with lie zero and the problem with myself I really like drinking, yeah. and but I also why, I drink a lot less like than I used to. I, I don't, is it for the feeling? Is it for nostalgia? This, this like is gonna why? make me. This is gonna make me sound in like like a piece of shit. But everybody who drinks, if you don't admit this, you're a liar. I like the way it makes me feel. That being said, I don't need it. Yeah, I just right. I like that. You know, the same way that um, maybe if I if I make myself an especially strong cup of coffee because i really want to focus on something and i deliberately like yeah. do a higher ratio of beans to water i like that caffeine rush and i don't do it all the time and i don't get drunk Wait, all the time if i had to pick between the two and i don't do either i don't do caffeine or alcohol right. but if i had to pick i would pick caffeine yeah 
because caffeine sharpens you, whereas alcohol dulls you, you or gave, numbs you. You gave me the segue. Give me one second. Yeah, but okay. allow me to come back to this. Okay. Um, the, the other thing about, you know, alcohol, you asked me why I do it. It's not just, the, you know, that feeling. There are certain alcohols I truly, truly love the taste of. For example, taking a shot of vodka, no, there's there's nothing good about that. I mean, even really, 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 like we got that Beluga vodka, mm-hmm. it's delicious. Well, it's high quality vodka. It still is vodka and essentially tastes like shit. Uh, but a really good bourbon, I truly, I enjoy the taste and, and what it does to like, uh, you know, because it's so, usually it's a high proof and I like that feeling. It's an experience. I enjoy that experience. Uh a really good craft beer. I really, really like the taste of it. A fine wine. I really like the taste of that. So it's not just the, I like to get drunk. Like, yeah, that's a fun side effect. And I don't it's do an it experience. all the time. And part, yeah. of the, and part of the experience is the taste. Part of the experience okay. is the feeling. You nailed it for sure. me. The entire thing is the experience. Okay. Now, yeah. coming back to the segue that you gave me, which was amazing. I had to Google something before we started recording because I knew we would we would have a window and you gave it to me. Google this stuff. I don't know all the details. I might misspeak or misquote something, whatever. But I have read the story of coffee and how it came about, especially in the Christian world. And from what I read, the coffee was basically regarded as like the devil's drink. And it's exactly what you just said. Alcohol was used... As a means to control, I'll do a 1984 reference, the proles, the working class, to keep them dumbed down. Right. Coffee, on the other hand, sharpened them, it, it, you know, these these working people, the working class, and made them smarter and more alert, alert and thoughtful. And the and, church didn't like that. Yeah, absolutely not. Right. And supposedly, from what I read, Pope Clement VIII, I didn't look up what year or century this was, but fuck, it was probably like 500 years ago. But he had it and was like, this is amazing and I'm blessing it immediately. Oh, he, bless, yeah. yeah and, and he made it okay for Christians to drink coffee because he's like, this is incredible. But to your point, the alcohol dumbs you down and makes you an idiot. And coffee is, it's a, um, it enhances you. Yeah. It's a performance enhancer. For I anyone mean, that was curious... Uh, Pope, Pope Clement VIII died in 1605. Thank you. And he died as the Pope. So. Now, was he the one that blessed it, or was it the one after him? I think he I, baptized it. I, I have no How idea. I just I just pulled up. When you're the Pope, you can baptize whatever the fuck you want. Can you Fair baptize point. your children in hot coffee? Yeah. Ooh, that would be amazing. <laughs> it's a holy liquid. So. Hey, I'm, um, I'm going to do a little bit of reading, continue, and then that way I can pop in with this. to... To come back to Lie Zero, um, a problem that I've heard firsthand from many different people of talking about how much they enjoy the feeling that they get from alcohol, of it makes them feel more confident, it makes them feel more social, that they're able to talk to people. Yeah. And I think a lot of that comes to, or a lot of the rebuttal to that can be, well, if you need to have alcohol to feel social or to feel like you have the ability to talk to people why don't you work on yourself work on your self-confidence and your ability to just go and talk to someone instead 
mm-hmm. instead of having this chemical crutch yeah. Yeah. to function in a society, work on yourself, work on your own self-confidence yep. instead. Yeah. I, like, I agree with you 100%. I think that's very important and, and it's very good to be cognizant of that stuff. I mean, I've been in, in situations in my life where uh, you, yeah, it, it does feel like you need that crutch or something. I remember one time, uh, this is, this is embarrassing, but I'll tell it anyways. There was one time bef- and I like public speaking, but before a, a speech that I gave, uh, in, in a public speaking class in college, I just, I did a shot and I was like, yeah, I'll just take the edge off. And then that's, that's really lame. Mm-hmm. Like that, that is totally lame. And I never did it again. And I, and I don't need to do that because I, I enjoy speaking in front of people, but it's just, Exactly. Like work more on yourself and, and focus that energy into doing something uh, more, we'll say, sustainable and and permanent than just like a quick buzz or a quick fix or whatever. Yeah. No. Yeah. A lot of people do. It seems like a lot of people do say that. Like, like even, like, even oh, though I need I need it like uh, if I want to go dancing, like I got to be. Doing yeah, they call it liquid courage. Or if I want to. Yeah. Right. You or know, like uh, if I want to be able to talk to people or like, oh, it just loosens me first up date, and I can talk to people more. I would much rather not that I'm going to have any more first dates, but I would much rather be able to talk and get to know somebody as they are and show them who I am without that. Right. You know what I mean? Or even you could even do that for the first hour and then maybe have a drink. But like, if you need that right off the bat, that sucks. And it's very normal. You know, I'm not criticizing and I've everybody's been there, you know, but yeah. And that's uh, take it to the next level. Also like from just personal experiences with alcohol, Alcohol for me brings along a certain mindset for it. Mm-hmm. Even even if you even if you start to drink with the best intentions, like for me, I've when I drink, let, let me dial it back or roll it back a little bit um, to give a little bit more context to the story. At my old job, my first job that I had at a college, um, I had. I was very unhappy with my job. Mm-hmm. And so I tried to cope with that by drinking excessively. We drank a, a lot. Yeah. Well, well, I, I, unbeknownst to a lot of people, I drank a lot more than I was drinking like heavily by myself, like not you telling people more than about it. Yeah. 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 And I blamed it all. I was, uh, it's the job. I'm depressed because of the job I have to drink to handle it and to be able to cope with this problem of employment. So I got a new job and I was like, oh great, this will bring along new happiness. Started to be a little happier, but then every time I would still drink and I would still drink almost just as often, those feelings of depression would come along with that. Hmm. So and you that, have like a permanent lake almost. Yeah. And, and that's even now, like last year I took... Minus three exceptions, I didn't drink for the entire year. And one of them was for me, so thank you. One of them was for you because yeah. you tricked me. Yeah. Um, Wait, how? Because you said, oh, this is the last Atlanta trip because you were going to leave. That's true. Well, it wasn't a trick. At that time, it, I was it, going to leave. It's retroactively a trick. Oh, I, I don't seven. actually blame you. Okay. Uh, the other two were weddings. Yeah. And, yeah, exactly. And without exception... Anytime I ever drink, it doesn't matter how good of a night I have, the night always ends with a depressing thought. Oh. And so I try to just not drink. Like, if I have a drink and then I'm up for a couple hours, I'll be okay. Sure. But it, it just brings along a certain mindset. And it just, it, because it's been built into 
a certain activity of like your body when you, when you do certain acts or eat certain things, your body expects a chemical. It builds a chemical reaction based off mm-hmm. of that, mm-hmm. just out of habit. So for me, it's built those two things together. And I think that kind of comes along with a lot of people. Like with some people where they're like, oh, I'm a happy drunk. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. a sad drunk. They say drunk. all those things, yeah. That's, or, or tequila makes me mad. That's that's stupid. That's no, it just doesn't. dumb. That you like, make yourself re- mad when emotions. you drink. Yeah, when yeah. you drink tequila. Yeah, you're... you're Whiskey makes me mad. You're, <laughs> <laughs> you're building an emotional reaction tied to a chemical reaction. Yeah. That's right. And well said. I think that just I think less people ne- nobody needs to drink. No. If you no. ever not not to give advice, but if you have said the phrase I need to drink because insert reason here, yeah. you might want to reconsider it. Yeah. Yeah. But it but it really is so built into everything. Like, almost every time you hang out with your friends, it's like, yeah. all right, we're going to go out tonight. What are you going to do? It's always drinking. Yeah. Or like, oh, we're going to have a get-together. Like, there's always alcohol involved. Yeah. And I became kind of the anomaly because I think I was before you yes. stopping alcohol. I would go to, like, you know, parties, and I would still go out to the bars. Like, I would still go out to the bars if we wanted to go dancing, if we wanted to do whatever. I would still tag along for every anything, and I would stay till the bar closed. Yeah. But like, I just wouldn't drink. I would just go to like talk with my friends and to hang out. Yeah. But it's so ingrained that people need to do it. Like, even if you're hanging out with your your friends, like you should be able to talk and have a good time with your friends without it, probably. And and with and, and you and should and without them to. giving you shit too. That's another important right. part, and that's. That's why a lot of people are afraid not to drink is because they're going to get like heckled or something. And it, that's so stupid. Yeah. Like you're not being a good friend if, if, if you do that. I mean, how many times have I offered you a drink this weekend? Zero. Exactly. Yeah. You haven't cut it out entirely, Yodi. Cause no, I haven't. Every once in a while. Right. right? Yeah. And, um, and, and that's, I think that's probably the, the best and most realistic for most people if you could do that, you know? Yeah. Like, and the... Here's a fun little trick uh, for any of you listeners that if you decide, you know what, maybe I'll try to just go hang out with my friends tonight and not have a drink. Yeah. If any of them offer you a drink and you just say no and they say, oh, come on, like just have a drink. Like don't don't be a pussy. Like have something, whatever. Just say, I'm an adult and I don't want to have anything to drink. There it is. So I'll It's on I'll the pass. podcast. And I've been quoting Yodi for that a long time. If, if you say that to them, there's no rebuttal. Yeah. There's nothing they can say because at that point they're not being an adult. Yes. And you you have the high ground. Unless they're like, well, etiquette. that's a good point. Etiquette. I respect high it. Ground etiquette. Yeah. <laughs> nice. That's perfect. Well, um, yeah, I just, you know, it's one thing that Tommy and I always talk about, you know, considering other people's perspectives and we talk about how everybody's different, different strokes for different folks. Uh, I don't, for me personally... I don't think uh, veganism would work because I some people like cheese. People I, I love like cheese. cheese. I love meat. Yeah. I love fish. I love all that stuff. And they're they might prove one day that veganism is one hundred percent beyond the shadow of a doubt better for you, and on average, you will live six years longer. Honestly, for me, for six years, you know, you might be singing a different tune on your deathbed, but it's like, I, I love all the stuff that I eat and, and consume on a daily basis, and I'm this is the path that I've chose because it's what works best for me. Same thing with alcohol. I don't ever see myself cutting out alcohol because I 
enjoy it and you know the the whole bundled experience that we talk about for me personally yeah you have depression tied to alcohol yep. and it doesn't work for you i don't have that so it's not a big deal right and you have certain uh intolerances to food sven like uh, dairy you're basically lactose intolerant right yeah pretty much and and that is to say that you just don't tolerate it you know don't it's not a weakness you just have policy. zero tolerance for dairy yeah, yeah. but exactly <laughs> yeah it's just we all have different sets of circumstances for our our minds and our bodies and we are free to choose as we see fit what we want to do with those minds and bodies yeah and that's yeah. it and you know yeah. i just thought of something that we missed with the fasting combo mm -hmm. i don't know if you can like cut it back in there but the one study that you that you brought up the usc guy yeah uh, his name is walter longo he did studies uh with mice and he's doing studies with humans now actually uh i'm pretty sure it's just a three-day fast and the like the immune system was reset for mice oh that's right so that's it right. also it helps boost your immune system up. It re they recycle the old damaged cells and the, it fasting, uh, I don't know, what, what's the word? Replenish it? Not instigate, but it causes... Catalyzes. Catalyzes, yeah. It catalyzes regeneration of the yeah. immune system. It basically immune makes you superhuman. Have you but tried yeah. fasting? Have you tried Have you it? tried fasting? There it is. Because I don't, I don't suggest it. I don't give advice. Yeah, that's but, right. But have you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, this was amazing. Thank you both again for coming down to Atlanta to visit me. It honestly means the world to me. And obviously, you know, Absolutely. whenever you guys are from from where we're all from, it's a little bit different. You know, I basically I basically go up to see family and then I, I, I try and see as many people as I can. You know, like, for mm -hmm. example, we're coming up at the end of July and I want to see Yodi's new house. So we'll of go course. check out his house, you know. Yep. So it's a different dynamic. It's not like a one-to-one, -one, oh, you haven't, you know, flown to to see me and stay with me for three days everybody knows it's you know we we're the outsiders now tara and i because we live away from where we grew up and all that but it means the world to me uh that i i have friends like you guys that come down to visit uh me and tara both and it's amazing and i'm so glad we had the opportunity to do this in person it was really of course great. yeah and i just yeah. want to preface i came Thanks to visit you oh yeah man i don't like tara yeah oh well <laughs> I think Tara's okay. Tara, what do you have? She just shot him this demonic look. What do you have to say about that, T? I love you, Yodi. Oh, Tara, I Always love you. taking the high ground. Countering hate. That's why I'm marrying you. You guys, thanks again. Uh, I'm going to go get drunk. See ya.